Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Next in Time podcast. I'm your host, S.T. Tangarala, and today our guest is none other than Mark Lida. So if you want to know more about Mark, he provides high-quality legal services to startups and small businesses and moderate-income clients. And uh, his goal is to you know, provide long-term client relationships and is a highly trusted advisor to his clients. And he is looking to make a massive impact in there in the space of legal in the, in the legal field along with startups so mark welcome to the show thanks for having me yeah i presume because i saw i saw on your linkedin that you're originally from colorado right yep i'm originally from colorado and i'm currently in colorado as well yeah by the, by the background of it, it looks very nice <laughs> yeah it's snowing right now actually it's, snowing, a, it's one of our first snows in of November. the year Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you deal with the snow? Uh, I'm used to it. I remember as a kid, it seemed like the first snow was always on Halloween because you'd be really excited to have your costume and you'd have to cover it up with the big parka. Yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, but how so what is it? How does it like to really be the legal, the go to legal person for these startups in a way? Yeah. So, uh, you know, my interest in startups is twofold. One is as a lawyer whose firm helps startups. And then the other is as a startup founder myself. So I founded this firm, but then um, that's been eight years since this firm started. And over the past year or so, we've been uh, developing our own internal technology um, tools for making our law firm run better, tools for helping our lawyers you know, be their best. Um, and uh, so that is something that's in the works as being, uh, you know, an independent or uh, at least a second startup of mine is the technology side. So I'm interested in legal tech. I'm working on legal tech right now as a founder, but then we also serve startups all the time. Um, and, you know, that is really interesting and rewarding because the problem that we saw that, you know, I was at a large firm and it was a really good learning experience and everything, but we were really only representing fortune 100 uh, clients and things like that. So I uh, went out on my own, hang yeah. up, I hung up my own shingle, as they say, to serve smaller businesses and startup businesses and really get to know my clients. And that's for me personally, that's a lot more rewarding type of endeavor. And it's a interesting business challenge to figure out how to make a profitable, how to make a profitable law firm around clients uh, who pay less than the, than the fortune 100 clients. <laughs> yeah. What do you, I was going to ask, like, what do you see the difference between serving fortune 100 clients and small businesses and startups? I know there's like a huge disparity in terms of, you know, the amount of money that they spend on legal stuff, but like what what do you feel like are the differences in terms of working with them? You know, um it would feel like uh working with a huge corporation, you know, you'd have a point of contact who is uh sort of a cog in the machine of their company. And, you know, I think people often, when they think of bureaucracy, they think of the government, but a lot of huge corporations are uh, 
extremely bureaucratic as well. And, and um, so it's just a completely different experience in every imaginable facet. And it's, um, there's a much more emotional involvement between a founder and their company um, than there is between uh, somebody who's, you know, one of a hundred people in the legal department and their company. And so to it, it, it's this feeling of, even though um, the companies are smaller, it's a feeling of greater responsibility to be a lawyer representing small companies sometimes because, you know, uh, their baby's welfare is in your hand because founders think of their company as, as their baby. Yeah, the difference is like people treat startups as like they're they're trying to build something from scratch, while corporations are more like, okay, we've already have something established under our belt that is consistently giving us income, so we don't have to worry about though. If let's just say if we had to spend so much money on legal stuff, then it wouldn't affect us on the bottom line. But startups is like a totally different uh, ball game altogether in a way because they gotta. Put it, they got to put in all the, they have a lot to lose in a way if they had to spend money on lawyers. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, you know, as a lawyer, it does sometimes, uh, you, you want your clients to make rational economic decisions and uh, smaller companies can sometimes be somewhat more emotional, but, um, but they also, are operating on such a razor thin margin sometimes that they realize they can't afford to be emotional in certain circumstances or can't afford to be irrational. So it's really fun to uh, strategize with them because it's always a multifaceted type of representation because you are thinking about whatever legal needs they have, but you're also helping them strategize for how can we meet those legal needs in the way that's that really uh, serves the overall bigger picture of your business. So I've really loved that. And it's been this whole kind of like, uh, you know, kind of like meta experience for me because I've been representing these companies while building my own company, the law firm itself. And, um, and then now with a foray into tech, it's um, it, it all feeds on itself because I've learned how to run my business better from watching how my clients run their businesses. And I think I represent the clients better and can help them um, and serve their business better because of my experiences in running yeah. my own business. So if yeah, it's as, they, as they say, you get, it's wiser to learn from other people's mistakes than it is to, you know, make mistakes and learn from it. <laughs> yeah. I, that's funny. I, um, I haven't heard it put like that, but I'm the youngest of four. So that's definitely uh, my instinct because of what I grew up doing. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, tell, I just wanted to know more about Mark himself. Like, you know, we started off, you're a lawyer, you're like very passionate about startups, but tell me how to, how, like, tell me about the background of where Mark comes from and what made Mark who he is. Well, I guess it all started at St. Luke's Presbyterian Hospital, uh, <laughs> neonatal unit. Uh, well, I think, um, no, I'm just kidding. I won't go that. No, no, no. Uh, it, was, it was, it was, it was a nice sarcastic way of presenting it. I, uh, yeah. How much time do you have? No, I, um, I think that, um, I do think that, uh, I view the law as, um, uh, 
I can't remember ever deciding to become a lawyer, but what I do remember is that as a little kid, as the youngest of four, when they were teenagers and I was around five years old, I uh, set up a little um, uh, little sign in the living room and put on a suit and the sign said the problem solver. And I tried to collect pennies to help solve people's problems, which I don't think I did a very good job of as a five-year-old, but it's just pretty much the same attitude that I uh, then bring into the law. So I think it was just kind of a natural, um, a natural progression. I can't really remember ever deciding to be a lawyer or anything like that. But what I did notice, what I do know is that I went into the law to try to help people. I think that's why the vast majority of people go to law school. Um, and uh, I think that it's really easy when you go to law school to get caught up in the rat race. And I think the same is true in the startup community where, um, you know, startups are so often thinking about, um, you know, what everybody else is accomplishing. They see news of huge seed rounds and things like that, even pre-seed rounds. And these, they see gaudy numbers being raised by investors and they're thinking, oh, I should chase after that. And it's easy to lose, um, sight of what's really important in building your business. And the same is true in the law, where you go into law school trying to help people, and then you just kind of get swept up in the competitive aspect of what everybody's going for. Everybody's trying to get a clerkship and then land a job at a large firm representing these big companies. And so I certainly, um, I mean, that's exactly what I did. So I guess I got swept up in it as well, but those are all rewarding experiences too. I was saying you're just following the you're just following the Joneses. Just following the, yeah. just following what following what they did. And then yeah, you totally. realize like it was just not the right thing for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know if I'd do it differently if I had it to do over again, but like having those experiences under my belt now, I do realize that that's not what's important in the long run. So yeah, I guess that's another example of you know my um experience in the law informing my experience in business um both on my own and in helping clients because uh, it. it's it's really just all you know it's like type a people in a insular type of uh rat race culture you know it's yeah. very similar dynamics so i also see like you're also part of the u.s air force reserve so tell me more mm -hmm. about that like does just does being in the air force kind of drives your like mentality to be more like I gotta get something going in a way? You know, I don't know. I joined um uh pretty late relative to other people. You know, a lot of people join out of high school or something like that. I I only joined after becoming a practicing attorney uh, through this uh, program they have where they supplement the active duty ranks with practicing attorneys um, to bring in um you know more seasoned uh legal experience and so um I, you know in many ways i was you know my my frontal cortex had finished its development by the time i joined and so um that's, i that or that happens usually around 25 plus right <laughs> yeah that's right yeah. yeah so so i guess that was kind of uh formed but um that being said, I mean, I have learned an incredible amount from that experience, met um, some of the best people 
I've ever met. And, um, and they're definitely, I don't know that it's changed my outlook on life, but it has given me a lot of tools um, for kind of being the best I can be. Um, and a lot of the things that I've seen the leaders do within the Air Force are things that I've brought into to my own firm. All right, cool. So where is, so basically you're, I mean, you did, you were a law clerk, then you became, you then you joined the reserve. Now you're a founder of Lida Group, right? That's your, uh, yeah. Has, I'm trying to make sure you're in the last name's pronounced Lida, right? Not Lida. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So you're, you found, so you're founded Lida Group. It's been going on for eight years now, plus eight plus years. And tell me more about how you started it and what made you want to like start this whole thing. I think you already said you want to serve startups and like Lida Group is more like you want to be your own boss kind of thing. Yeah, you know, uh, I wanted to have some sort of uh, public interest element uh, to my legal practice. And I found that through, um, you know, I kind of found the right balance um, in having a for-profit law firm that is mission-oriented. Our mission is to increase access to high-quality legal services um, because I think that there are really good, really expensive lawyers and there are also uh, some inexpensive lawyers, but what we want is for the Venn diagram of inexpensive lawyers and good lawyers to cross over more so that middle section uh, is a little larger. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, you know, just the idea of building something um, myself or, and then eventually with a great team um, really appealed to me. And the kind of like self-determination of striking it out on my own, striking out on my own. And um, yeah, and just having that mission as the driver for the firm is what really drove us. So I founded Alida Law Firm in September 2014. We now call it the Lida Group because it encompasses both the Lida Law Firm and uh, Lida Strategies, which does some lobbying and advocacy for some nonprofits and trade groups and things like that. So they have to be separate legal entities strategies and the law firm so that's why we call it lighter group um yeah so which of the which of the divisions specializes in let's say startups small startups and small businesses so that that's lighter law firm um we represent i mean you know uh we represent we do represent some and have represented some small businesses and small business trade groups on the lobbying side but Really, the vast majority of our business is all about the law firm, and it's mostly the law firm that represents startups and small businesses. Um, yeah, and we're, you know, the the really challenging thing for us uh, is that, you know, there there are a lot of headwinds in starting a law firm, like you can't take investment money, yeah. um, and you can't, uh, you know, be a national business like any other business. You can't just sell your your goods or services um, yeah, it's more, across I think the it, country. Yeah, but you're only, you're only licensed to practice in the state you're yeah. in, right? It's not like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I Because I keep getting mixed up whether if it's someone. I know that for real estate agents out there, you know, you got to be licensed in your state to provide that. And I thought law, lawyers, yeah. I think, I thought lawyers were originally more meant for like, they service their particular firms, not like, like a particular state. Maybe I was, I'm still kind of, ignorant about the world of legal stuff so yeah our licensure is by state just like the realtor so um we uh you just 
can't practice. There are certain limited things you can help a local client do out of state, but by and large, you just have to practice in your own state. So it makes it, it makes it a slower process to grow the business. The vision for our firm is to be a full service firm for small businesses because there, and we want to be a national full service firm for small businesses. There are a bunch of full service national firms for huge corporations, but it's just really difficult to grow national uh, as a small law firm. If you look at, it's kind of like the auto industry in the sense that there hadn't been before Tesla, like an American startup um, that was successful in the auto industry since I think Chrysler in the twenties. And the same is true when you look at the uh, top law firms, you know, they've, they've gone through various mergers and so forth, but by and large, they're all over a hundred years old. Mm -hmm. And it's, so it's difficult to grow, but it's such a fun puzzle and such a fun challenge to try to have yeah. a different strategy, kind of a down market strategy and try to grow nationally. So we've uh, gradually been doing that. And now we're in six states and we're going roughly by population. So we can now represent about a third of America's population because we're in Colorado uh, where we started, but also California, Texas, Florida, Washington State, and Tennessee. Oh, that's practically startup hubs for all of them, for all the other states. I mean, for Colorado, yes, yeah. California, Texas, Florida, and Washington. Right. Yeah, Tennessee is up and coming. I think it's basically the yeah. entire country will, you know, before it used to be like the startup hub used to be the Bay Area, Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. Now it's yeah. become more like, okay, anywhere you want to go, you can innovate, you can create, you can build a startup since now that the internet has uh, like basically yeah. democratized the whole process. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. And, and we like being in all of those places and, you know, we're hoping to, grow within those places, but also grow to more states as well. So tell me about the typical day of how you work with startups as a lawyer. Well, you maybe, know, maybe not the day were, in the life of, you know, those videos, if you see on, if you see on YouTube, you see all those day in the life of, you know, as a software engineer or some other profession. Yeah. Like that, I mean, like at what would what be your day-to-day -day activities for startups? That's what I meant. Yeah. You know, we have a, a uh, YouTube channel for the light of law firm and we do uh, legal explainer videos it's mostly me honestly uh um doing the legal explainer videos within our firm but um i've thought about doing a day in the life but i'm like oh my gosh that would be so boring uh to watch i don't know i mean they do it for for engineers uh sometimes very entertainingly. So maybe I just need to be more creative about it. But, um, you know, it's just sitting at a desk like any other job, talking on the right. phone a little bit, things yeah. like that. You know, I mean, it is um, it is really intellectually uh, entertaining because um, you're pulled in a bunch of different directions and you have to use different parts of your brain. You have to learn your client's business a little bit, um, you know, or sometimes a lot um, in some great depth. So we work with different types of businesses. Some are, some are, you know, the typical scalable startup that's dealing with term sheets and things like that. And some are mom and pop businesses that we represent. And so we have to learn the ins and outs of, you know, any random part of the small business economy and, um, you know, deal with employee issues, deal with disputes, deal with contracts, help them with their strategy and how they're going to, you know, choose their entities and get all set up in forming their companies or dissolving or selling their companies. So it's um, it's 
you know, it requires some agility and that's fun. I don't think it would make a good YouTube video, but I'm going to keep putting some thought into how that could, I could make that entertaining. I don't know. Maybe just would be like, okay, I wake up at, wake up at six in the morning, get ready and then go to the law, go to law office, make some content. And then, you know, then work and call startups and then come home, eat dinner and go to sleep kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's about it. That's basically every day in the life for right now. But uh, it's like, it's, it's, it's just funny to watch sometimes. And, um, but yeah, anyway, so what? I will what? say, actually, if you don't mind, I ha I do have a really, actually, I try to keep myself to a pretty regimented schedule. And I have a one hour from 8.30 to 9.30 in the morning every day that I just practice tasks, just Spanish and coding. Um, and I do a wellness check-in and like 15 minutes of social media. So that is the one thing I keep really regimented is my daily power hour in the morning. <laughs> Got it, got it. So why? So tell me, like, what are what do you feel like are some of the challenges that startups are facing with their legal issues? Well, I mean, it really runs the gamut. I'm right now doing a, a playlist on sort of the legal guide for these scalable tech startups because we have a YouTube playlist for our um you know small businesses in general but there are a lot of unique issues that scalable startups face that um the typical small businesses you'll see like brick and mortar stores restaurants and things like that don't face it really is distinct in a lot of ways so um you know the formation issues are different like figuring out how to form your business, what type of entity, corporation, LLC, things like that, where to form and why, um, you know, the conventional wisdom is what it is. You know, most scalable tech startups are C corps in Delaware, and that doesn't make a lot of sense to people, but it's basically flows from the fact that that's what investors want for various reasons. And so, you know, they, they, there are times where the conventional wisdom, it does make sense to follow the herd. Uh, depending on different companies' situations. Um, and then there's there's just an entirely different glossary, totally different terminology that small businesses need to, uh, that startups need to learn that a typical small business might not need to. And there are some pitfalls involving, you know, taxes and valuation of their <laughs> shares and things like that. So, so, so it really is more complex than a typical small business. So you're the you're most you're involved. Is it the investors or or the or the lawyers involved with figuring out the valuation for the startup? Yeah, that I mean, there are professionals who do valuations for that are like you know supportable for tax purposes and things like that. But really, evaluation for a startup just comes down to. A buy a willing buyer and a willing seller, you know, that's what the value is. Um, market value is determined just by what people are willing to do, you know, what investors are willing to give to a startup and what you know price founders put on the equity in their startup. So yeah, I mean, lawyers sprinkle the magic legal dust on the uh, documents, but ultimately the valuation, um, you know, comes down to 
um, kind of just those very personal um, determinations by the founder and the investor. Right. And so in terms of like, okay, for example, as, just out of curiosity, why is it your law firm takes more time to grow, but a startup takes less time for, for it to grow in a way? The two things are investment money. That's how you scale as yeah. a startup is you get uh, funded. You cannot be funded as a law firm, period, because non-lawyers cannot own portions of law firms. So you can't give equity. You can get a loan um, or you can bootstrap. That's just about it as a, as a law firm. So that's the number one reason you you can't get funded as a law firm. You got to get a loan or you got to bootstrap. Number two reason I'd say is that it's limited by state. I, maybe that's one. I don't know which reason is most important, but those are two major differences between a law firm and a startup. And you said now that you're looking to work towards building a startup for lawyers, right? Or is it what, what was yeah. that? Tell me about that right now, what you're building. Yeah. So, you know, the legal industry is always behind in terms of technology. Um, you know, we're, we're late adopters. Um, and that makes things really interesting because, um, you know, that it's, um, there's a there's a lot of blue ocean within the legal industry when it comes to technology that that we could use to make our profession better and that we could use to make our jobs easier and that we could use to help better serve clients and um i'm fortunate to basically have this laboratory for experimentation where we can try out we can build and then try out different products to see what makes our law firm run better um so, you know, one space I have been um, experimenting in right now is uh, in wellness for lawyers, because obviously there are a lot of existing wellness apps and things like that, um, but um, uh, nothing specific to lawyers. And so um, we've been working with uh, how we can integrate wellness practices and technology into a lawyer's actual practice uh, of law. Um, reason being that, uh, by and large, we either, you know, lead or are among the leading professions for all negative indicators of, of wellness, you know, depression, yeah, anxiety, well, suicide rate, substance use, all that lawyer, stuff. Yeah, lawyers have a pretty stressful, like a str one of the most stressful uh, positions in the world because they have to deal with a lot of different people in a way. They have to deal with their mm -hmm. clients. They got to deal with the judges. They got to deal with. The, they got let's just say if they're a defendant they got to deal with the prosecutor's claims and then if they're the, if they're the prosecutor they got to deal with the defendant defendant's claims they got they, right. they got a lot they and also they got to handle it they got to deal with the jury it's like i think is like yeah. dealing with all these different facets of a let's say for example a court trial that kind of mm -hmm. that kind of stress is that a, is that a major stressor or yeah and i think you know um another unique stressor of being a lawyer is that there's somebody working against you to try to make you fail at your job not just a business competitor but somebody directly across the table from you engaged in a zero-sum game it's like if you were doing surgery and there were an opposing surgeon in the or trying to you know mess with your scalpel <laughs> so when what stage are you at with this uh, company are you still kind of like figuring things out or 
Yeah, we're, um, you know, we have uh, a couple of prototypes that we're testing internally. That's where we are right now. We haven't been, I haven't been trying to raise any money or anything like that. I'm just trying to find uh, essentially product market fit within my firm. And, um, and at that point, I'm going to take it to market. Make it just like do kind of bootstrap your way out. <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, I'm used to bootstrapping and that's okay. Um, I'm a self-taught coder and I've used some low-code or no-code type tools, um, but certainly uh, the adventure of the legal tech gig will be learning to scale faster when it's been such a slog with the law firm. It's a totally, you know, it's a different challenge. Right. And so why... So why do you feel like this is necessary for these lawyers? Like why, like, do you feel that there, I know the wellness is important, but do you feel that there are other factors as to why they need your, let's say that you're trying to show this product to the market. Do you feel like they need some sort of help in any way? Well, what I know is that um, prioritizing wellness has been a huge differentiator for our law firm. It is what, makes our turnover really low and it is what helps us recruit great lawyers to our law firm um it's something that larger firms are starting to recognize but no one has really cracked the nut on how to address this really huge problem there are business rationales for addressing it there are also just kind of like human rationales for wanting to address it but it will make better lawyers it will keep people in the legal profession it will make happier lawyers. It will keep people serving clients longer and better and more consistently. Um, so I think it's a worthy cause to address. Really, the overarching idea of my legal technology company is to help law firms run better and serve their clients better. I'm incredibly passionate about that. And I think that it's necessary to have happy, healthy lawyers in order to achieve that stuff. Sounds good. And so I think we're also running low on time, but let's get to know, like, what would you say your advice would be for other founders, especially as a lawyer? What would you advise in terms of legal like practices, what to do with their startups and, and say how you can help, how, how you can take advantage of legal like services from you to be able to grow your startup? You know, I would say that there are, um, it's really tough because it's hard to tell what's a good product um, and what's necessary. That's one of the reasons the legal profession is so broken is because it's all opaque and confusing for consumers. I do recommend Clerky, um, which is a really good uh, startup. It's fun. It, it is... Um, it was founded by lawyers uh, who are also engineers to help um, scalable startups with their uh, initial founding documents and things like that. I would say be judicious about your use of lawyers. If you get funded, that's great. Um, read the bills, communicate with your lawyers. Do what you can do to make it more efficient, because if you just do your homework and staying organized and things like that, it'll save you a lot in legal fees. You don't want to pay exorbitant hourly rates for people to do clerical work that you could do yourself. And um, and I'd say, you know, just make sure that you find a lawyer who is uh, willing to be strategic about 
helping you with your business and creating a long-term relationship. All right, cool. Mark, thank you so much for coming on the Next in Time podcast and looking forward to seeing your start your business like flourish and your startup in a much in a much growth state, much growth shape, let's say. Thanks a lot, SD. Thanks for having me on.